do this since I told them I was going to and, and I got super busy and then we were planning a whole bunch of other stuff coming up and then I was like huh I got some time I should probably finally do this and I did it yay so. oh, that's so. the heavy weight yes. is here yes yay! Woo! so oh. for, for those that are not coming into this show from uh, the DNA uh, network uh, tell everybody a little bit about uh, DNA Network, uh, what all you guys do, what all you host, and, uh, you know, content and all the other fun stuff. It's your chance to shamelessly plug your uh, network. Oh, geez. Okay, so DNA Network, uh, all of our content is on dnanetwork.net and uh, YouTube and our podcasts and stuff. Uh, basically, we started out as, like, one gaming podcast, and then we were like, oh, well, we could probably grow this and make it bigger. And so we do a Nintendo show called Pal Block, which is now on podcast services. Uh, we do NGO Radio, which is our big, probably our flagship podcast at this point, I would call it. And it's our big community show that me and uh, uh, Matthew Keel host, and Ed's on there all the time. And well, we got to get you on there. Uh, well, and then you're ready. Uh, and then we have. Uh, a couple thing, a couple more things planned. Uh, uh, my friend Cameron, uh, who used to produce a lot of our shows, uh, is coming back, and we're going to start doing some cool things revolving around Let's Plays. Uh, Ed, I've talked to you a little bit about uh, stuff, and we actually did that Halo one a couple weeks ago. Yes, uh, that I still need to, to publish, but uh, it's basically like a Let's Play and podcast type thing where we kind of just play a game together and talk about stuff and, and stuff like that. And it's really just a combination of a bunch of podcasts and YouTube shows and Let's Plays and articles and, and just blogging and stuff like that. So it's kind of what the DNA Network is. It's just a positive place for people to come hang out and talk about games and connect. Yeah. 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 Connect. It's a good word. Yeah. So. That's the DNA Network in a nutshell. Well, right on. We're, we're glad to, to finally get the show up there. and uh, we, we hope that some of the folks off of your network are joining us for the first time, finally. 
So, yeah, yeah, and I, I've been trying to like every time a new show goes up, I post it on the website, and then from the website, it automatically sends it out through our social media stuff. So, uh, if you want to follow us on social media, it's whatever social media you're on slash the DNA network. So I made it nice and easy for everyone. Which I'm really surprised nobody had that, which was weird, but nobody did, so I win, I guess. There you go. So, (laughs) so everybody, um, I will be taking over hosting duties. Thank you, Larry, for that intro. Always doing an amazing job. Um, Speaking Speaking of hosts, where is Adrian? I'm going to slap him. Do you know what? Adrian's been. I don't care if he's making his fancy games. I don't care if he's like, you know, playing Splatoon. I need him here. I will drive to Canada. I'll find my passport and drive to Canada. Slap him around a little bit. Well, the Minister of Maple. Let him know that he. He's being called out. Yeah. The, I minister, the minister of I'm Maple not. has a lot of stuff going on on Sundays. So Yeah. Yeah. I'm just messing with him. I, I am excited for what's his new game? Bugs are stupid. That's his new game. I guess. But, I I have not yeah. one idea. Yeah, so I am excited to play that though. Put it on Switch. <laughs> Good luck with that. I told him what he uh, you know, I, I told him Somebody should have added to a two cycle for DLC, but he said no. What? What is? He, what should he add to two cycle? Is DLC? Oh, ready for this crisis? Oh, there could have been great little theme packs instead of just you know uh, getting ready to go out for a date. They could be getting ready to go out for all kinds of different you know theme stuff, like you know a night out at the movies, where instead of you know collecting the top hat and the cane and the monocle, you know, you're collecting a theater ticket and a bucket of popcorn and some uh, some Twizzlers, or you know. Side heading out to a, a fetish night and he's collecting a ball gag and a crop. Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that tells you to be ready. send <laughs> DLC. There you go, kids. And like we say, this is why we're a train wreck of professionalism. But everybody, um, we're going to get off with the show uh, like we normally do. Um, we're going to go to our guest, Corey. What have you been playing? I've been playing so much Twilight Princess HD. Yes. Okay, so there's like this running joke that Twilight Princess is the best Zelda game, and everybody makes fun of me for it. But I've been playing it, and like, yeah, the open world is kind of empty, and yeah, every time you go into a new area, it loads into a new area. But like, those dungeons are so good. Those dungeons are just so much fun, and like, when you figure something out, it's simple enough, but when you figure it out, you feel really smart. And, like, I'm I'm just getting to the uh, the Death Mountain dungeon. Uh, so I've been playing a lot of that. I'm about 10 hours in, I would say, uh, 10-ish, and I've been looking for all this. And now, in the HD version, they added a new collectible called Stamps. Uh-huh. And... Yep. I didn't realize that until I found one, and now I have to go back and find all the stamps, and it's ridiculous. So this has made the game longer. Yeah, yeah, but, uh, and I missed, like, two, and I can't get back into that dungeon until I get the hookshot, and it's, like, really messing with my head. Oh. 
I still think Twilight was my favorite 3D Zelda up until this point, at least. See? See? I'm not the only one. No, you're not. I, I think it was fantastic, honestly. I think the story was great. I loved Midna as a side character, or as, as, you know, as an assist character. She was fantastic and snarky. Yeah, yeah. A roiling badass when you got all of the crown. <sighs> yeah, and I, I mean, I like Minda too. And like, at the end of the game, I'm not going to spoil anything since they just kind of re-released it and they kind of want you to play it right now for Breath of the Wild and that Amiibo. Oh, what? That game is 10 years old. Okay, spoiler alert. The end of the game... Is, is, uh, no, the game is still available if you don't own it's it. It's a 10-year-old game if you haven't played Guess what? Guess what? Get your Wii U to find someone who's selling theirs and pick up the game. We're not going to ruin it. This one, we're not going to ruin it. If you want to... You not play Twilight Princess at this point. This is your own fault. Yes. So, we're not... Uh, you have three ways to get it. You have GameCube... No, four ways. You have GameCube, you have Wii, you have Wii U, and, uh, and for some illegal people, uh, for some not downloading people, um, there's a, a PC emulation, you know, I, you know, I've been listening to Retro Not, uh, um, Retro Force Go, <laughs> it's for me like, yeah, I'm not downloading <laughs> the game, <laughs> so, uh, th- that's the way that you could get it. But yeah, we're, we're not going to ruin the ending of the game because I still need to beat it. <laughs> uh, so I've been playing a lot of Twilight Princess HD. I've uh, been playing a little bit of Mario Kart uh, 8. Uh, I'm, I'm super excited for the new stuff on Switch, so I'm trying to get my Mario Kart game back in, uh, back up to snuff, you know. Uh, and then... What else was I playing? I was playing something on 3DS. Oh, I'm trying to finish Box Boy, so I can move on to Box Box Boy. Ah, game that I still need to pick up. Uh, it's it's so good. Box Boy is so good. Yes. Oh, it's just so simple and fun, and it's... I really don't know how to explain it, like, the feeling it gives you when you solve a puzzle where, like, you use the minimum amount of blocks to get through the puzzle, and you found all the crowns within the in the level before you move on to the next one, and you just feel, like, and if you mess up, it sucks, because it takes away your boxes, and you need to conserve boxes for the harder levels. It's kind of like, uh, there's, this, there's this indie game on Xbox 360 called N+. And I think PS4 has. Oh my god, I love N Plus. Yeah, I, I was so iffy about that game. I bought that on DS years ago, and it was phenomenal. Because it came yes. out and way the level creation, because people were making giant swastika levels. Oh my gosh! Wow. And, <laughs> uh, like it gives you that sense that N Plus and N Plus Plus do, where you need to conserve. Like you want to get all the gold. Uh, the gold coins or whatever they are in the levels and like the more you collect the the gold coins add to your time bar but at the but at the same time you're like well am i spending too much time trying to get once you get to the harder levels are you spending too much time trying to get these gold coins and so it's hindering your time and it's just it's that kind of balance that i feel in box boy uh when you're trying to use the right amount of blocks it's it's just so good it's so good, and it, and it makes you feel good when you conserve your boxes too. And all the stupid little costumes you get in that game, like the rapper, <laughs> the rapper costume, really funny. Or like the uh, there's another one that was really funny, like uh, 
like a colonial wig and some glasses and like it's it's funny it's good it's such a good game such a good game and, and it's only five bucks so like uh, it's it's one of the best five dollar games I've ever but played. it wrecks it wrecks my mind because i'd be like i need to get the crown it's on the level, and it sucks when I can't get that crown. Just be like, I have to come back and figure it out. Uh, but yeah, I love Box Boy. Yeah. So, uh, other than that, that's kind of that's kind of all I've been playing. Overwatch, also. Uh, all so. right. And Larry, what have you been playing? I've been playing all the adulting. Oh God. Um. My time has been on the very, very limited side, tragically, this week. Um, way too much shit going on. That being said, uh, more than anything, I've probably just been watching a whole lot of Twitch. See, half of that is just because my wife will actually put on various uh, Twitch feeds of Metroid this and that because she likes watching it. Uh-huh. I can't get her to play, but she loves to sit and watch it. Um, uh, I did pick up one or two goodies this week, though, just because I found them like, oh, that's cheap, and I don't have it yet. I found a copy of Sunset Overdrive, brand new, day one edition at Walmart for nine bucks. So I'm like, that's fine. Yeah, sweet. <laughs> so, so much it, fun. It's on the list. But that and I went and I put down a couple more reserves for uh, my Switch. I managed to get the last uh, Pro Controller reserve at my local GameStop. Dropped a couple bucks to reserve uh, Binding of Isaac Afterbirth because uh, the launch copies are supposed to have some extra goodies in there, and I'm intrigued. So branching out of my box a little bit, and I'm also reserving Has Been Heroes because it looks interesting. Uh, see, I thought, I thought that was a, di- a dig- digital game only. Physical copy. Yeah, there's a physical copy. I pre-ordered it, too. Is it for 20 bucks? the physical copy? Uh... I think, the, I think, hold on. I got my receipt right here. Let's see. <laughs> hold on. It's $19.99. Okay, so it is to me. Okay. Yeah. The first budget Switch game. There you go. Yeah, it'll be gone by then. People would but buy it. Looks it looks so good. I wish, they would, I, wish, I wish GameStop would put the other game on there, that uh, the one that they put out the, uh, earlier. What was that name? Was like a, yeah, that one. I wish they would put that on Switch, but. Mm. Well, we'll I, wish, see. I wish everything was on Switch though, so I don't, I don't even know what I'm talking about. We'll, we'll have that discussion another time. Um, I, but I, I think we've had that discussion three times in the last week. <laughs> <without podcasts>. Yes, <laughs> yeah. Friday night for the last two weeks, we had that discussion. Um, okay, so let me uh, explain to me. Now I'll get to my what I've been playing and what I picked up. Also, um, explain to me about. I think you complained about the uh, Zelda collection. They threw it online, and... Yeah, I'm sorry, this is a raging pile of horse shit. Um, the, the evening of the Switch reveal, right after, GameStop put reserves on available on their website for the Breath of the Wild Master Edition. You know, all the stuff that's in the Special Edition, like a little statue of the, the ruined Master Sword and all that. Yes. I wanted it. I was happily going to drop money for that. Yeah. And... As Eddie well knows, because I recorded the, the Switch episode from my car because I was happily camped out in front of GameStop all fucking night so I could, you know, be first in line. 
first in line, 10 a.m., the door opens, and basically the first thing he tells me is that, yeah, there's no Master Edition reserves available. They were all gone online. They did not to go to the stores when they opened. Yeah, I did the same thing. I was second in line, and I went to pre-order it. I was like, you, I, was like uh, I want to pre-order the, the Zelda uh, Master Edition. They're like, we're not taking pre-orders. And I'm like, why not? They're like, I don't know. They said they, that we weren't getting any. I'm like... But, they put them all online, and they fucking sold out before they even opened doors. Which doesn't make any sense. Like, you would think you would want to allocate some to the stores in the first place. Right, because like, now they have to... I mean, because that's what they're doing to Switches. They're, they're, they're canceling online orders to give more allocation to the stores. So why wouldn't you do that for this that? But if but don't you have to pay the whole thing online? Yeah, but they don't they don't charge you until it ships. So it it's, ships. An, it, it's the Amazon thing where like they don't charge you until it's processed and shipped. Cuz I know with, oh, okay. Because I know they take the money out of my account when I actually order it, like when I confirm it, then they like they actually take the money out. So when they ship it, there's no problem. But that's so weird. Like yeah, and it, it really made me mad cuz like they did that. They did that to me too with the Majora's Mask Special Edition when it came out for 3DS. Like I really wanted that uh, Skull Kid statue, and they they were like, "Oh, we're not taking pre-orders on." I'm like, "But it's like it just makes me mad because there's online." Okay, yeah, I understand people are going to go online, but there's tons of people that still go to stores, and like that's the reason why I pre-ordered my Switch in store because. I mean, we all, everybody who who listens to anything that I'm on knows how much I absolutely love GameStop. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, I pre-ordered my Switch in store because you're, like, you're guaranteed to get it in store, whereas online they can cancel at any time because they don't have enough to allocate. And so that's why I went, and I think they should do that for special editions too. And, like, you're not, it's not like the Halo 5 collector's edition where you can walk into Best Buy and there's going to be 300 of them sitting there and then they're going to be 30 bucks on Amazon six months later. Like, Nintendo, when they say this is a collector's edition, it is a real collector's edition. And right. that just sucks that you can't say, oh, well, I'm a huge Zelda fan. I can't go to the store and pre-order this. And it sucks. And it sucks even worse for people who live in rural parts of the country and, like, don't have great internet. They can't sit there and refresh their computer every five seconds. And, like, I was on Amazon's website, and I was on GameStop's refreshing, 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 and it said this item, it went from this item is not yet available to this item is unavailable. And I was like, come on, really? I refreshed, and it took three seconds to refresh the page. You're telling me they're all gone already? And so many people are going to be trying to resell it at a higher price. I'm just like, Yeah, I mean, people are already trying to resell it, like, by, like, 250 and 300 bucks. And, like, I'm... I like it, but I'm not gonna go pre-order. I'm not gonna go pre-order someone else's pre-order on eBay because I want this thing so bad. We would have had the, a discussion about that, like people uh, reselling like new products, because they did that with PS3, they did that with 360. Like with every new console, they always do it. What'd you say, Larry? But scalpers will forever be a thing. It's just what it is. But it's just like. They, I don't know. It just feels so unfair that it'd be like ten of them in line, and they already have a set on how many they're gonna get. So then they could put it online, and like 
you know, sell at a high price. Because that's what they did with the PS3. And I'm just like, it's already $600. Why would people pay more to get a system that, you know, we could just wait in store for it to restock? Yeah. So, yeah. And the like, thing is, these aren't going to restock. Yeah. And like, I, I can, like, I went to go pre order my Pro Controller and I didn't get a Pro Controller. My GameStop sold out and like, I don't know. I don't know how long it took them to sell out, but it was, I was there like <laughs> an hour after they opened and they were like, we're sold out. And um, I don't know. It just, it just makes me mad. But like controls, you're always going to be able to get, but like this really cool special edition and like America never gets Nintendo collector's editions ever, yes. ever. And this was the one that I was like, I want this more that I would, I would trade everything in, this game room right now for some Zelda stuff that like some Zelda special edition stuff. And it's just, it just sucks that we can't do that. Mm. Yeah. They, they lost money. I, I'm like, yeah, I want to reserve master edition. We're out. Fuck it. I'm getting standard then. You don't want the, the collectors, the little in between. No, I can't have the master edition base edition. That's it. That's all I want. Yeah, it's I don't I don't care about any of the other stuff in there. Like I mean I do, it's cool looking, but I'm not gonna pay a hundred bucks for a little bag to put my switch in. Like I could go online and buy one that's cooler that somebody else either made or Amazon selling that's like way cooler than what you're giving me. Or know? or just wait for Japan because shoot, you can order stuff from Japan and probably you might have to pay a little bit more, but it's just like if it's the same stuff and the game's just different, I'll skip the game as a collector's item and just make and have the American version and get the, all the stuff that we Americans got. So, well, um, I actually uh, ordered Super Mario, well, Puzzles and Dragons and Super Mario Brothers Puzzles and Dragons. I've been playing that really, really good game. Uh, Should have brought it when it came out. Um, but just didn't, uh, and it just came on my mind. I was just like, I got to get it. Uh, so I ordered that. Um, I ordered the book Console Wars by Blake Harris. Um, I'll start reading that in a couple of weeks. Um, but I picked up Resident Evil 7 and started it, um, and I have got to say that um, it's good. It really is good, I, I have to say that. Uh, as, for the, as for it being scary, I'm not scared. I was just like, oh, okay, it's bloody is is brown and haunting i guess but i'm like it does nothing for me and i'm playing the xbox one version so i'm not doing uh the vr or anything like that uh i can play it in the dark if i want to but i'm just like uh well and some of the character models keep reminding me of you guys could be placed in house uh, house of the dead house of the dead arcade cabinet and you wouldn't know the difference but just like like some HD graphics and a little bit more tech, better textures. But other than that, um, I think that's all I actually have been playing. I've know I've been installing stuff and uh, playing. Oh, um, The Walking Dead uh, season one, I started up, um, and I think I'm on the I'm still on the first episode, so I'm almost done with that. Um, really good game. I think I still like Batman, the Batman Tale. The Batman Telltale series. I think I still like that, but this Walking Dead one is pretty good. It's not that bad. So um, that's what I've been playing, and I actually picked up. So um, we're going to get into our topic of this episode, and let me found this uh, 
this um this article in this title uh give me one second study uh of video games um it's another study one that we um uh talk about the cover it says study video games are among the most popular ways for men to cope with stress and uh it's a very interesting read you can watch uh you can read it on um heatstreet.com um and you'll be able to find the article and it's uh this was conducted by the university college london and it said that 29% of the males that participated in this study listed that video games were were their main coping method where 18% of women um use video games to cope uh with stress uh Compared to, or really more contrast, that women you fifty percent, fifty nine percent of the women who took this, who took them part of the study, uh, fifty uh, two. Oh uh, yes, fifty two percent of the study of women who participated. Sorry about that. Um, they use prescription pills, where twenty seven percent of men of that same study use prescription pills, but they both said their main method to cope with, uh, with stress is um, is with friends. It's talking with friends. Um, so I kind of want to ask you guys uh, first off. How do you cope in uh, video games? I mean, how, not video in video games. How do you cope with stress when things get stressful? Uh, like, how do you uh, deal with it? Corey, I'm gonna let you head this up. So, how do I cope with stress in terms of video games? Yes, just in general. Like, uh, okay, so I used to play a lot of multiplayer games to cope with stress, and like a lot of a competitive multiplayer, then I just figured out that that just made me even more stressed out. So I stopped doing that for, for a stress relief, and I ended up turning to games like Tetris or Box Boy or uh, Super Mario Brothers. Just like, you know, an easier game that makes me, f- like, it just takes the stress away. It's just a nice, easy game to just sit there and be like, take a deep breath and just do what's happening on screen. And I'm like, man, this is way less stressful than anything. Like, you know, playing Halo or Destiny multiplayer and like, you know, even though, even uh, Twilight Princess, I've been using that as a stress relief. Like the last two day, the last three days at work, I've worked, you know, probably worked 32 hours in the last three days. And I just, Twilight Princess is a nice relaxing way to just, Go f- fetch things. Go collect bugs. Go collect these stamps. Fight, uh, complete a dungeon. Uh, you know, it's just I try to find a game that I know is going to be less stressful than my day was, and that is not the competitive multiplayer shooter <laughs> anymore. It's like you know, people are always like, "Yeah, I just want to go home and shoot stuff." When I when I play a multiplayer game, I'm like, "Yeah, but." you get like two games in and you're even more stressed because you are too stressed to focus on the game and you just get even more stressed because you're dying a lot. And it's just, yeah, no, thanks. Not anymore. You risk getting all the, like you have frustration from the stress. So why do you, you want to add more to it by playing a multiplayer shoot, uh, FPS? Yeah, exactly. And 
So, like, I've been playing a lot. Like, Nintendo's a very good uh, company that has a lot of games for me to relieve stress, and that's kind of what I've been doing lately, is, is that. Awesome. And what about you, Larry? Um, my go-to comfort game is still Metroid Prime, just because it's not my favorite Metroid game, but it's one that I know well enough that I can pop it in and I don't have to think about it when I play it. Ah. It's it's extremely soothing to me to just kind of wander around and go, missile tank, missile tank, missile tank, grab an artifact, there's a power-up, missile tank, missile tank. <laughs> Energy to oh hey, there's a pretty thing. Shoot the birds. Well, I I know for me it's like just playing any kind of video game, and, but mostly something like Yoshi's Woody World or just you know something that I know that's not going to be taxing on me. Um, I I know I like playing like Final Fantasy twelve. That was a good stress reliever because that grinding took my mind off of whatever problem or the situation was at hand. Um. And they of course, adding some nice music to it, like listening to the classical score from the fantasy tour. Kind of, like, relaxes me. Um, where do you guys think that, by this study, do you think that some of those males were playing Grand Theft Auto and just probably putting in the cheat code in and just destroying stuff because they want to get that, str- that stress out, um, maybe that frustration and anger. Do you think Grand Theft Auto 5 or any of the Grand Theft Auto games, do you think those are good ones to use? I think there's something fairly cathartic about that. It's not my cup of tea, but I get it. Just, you know, and not even just Grand Theft Auto, but really if you think about it, much of anything in the sandbox realm, I could see being good for that for a lot of people. I mean, for me, I would rather, like, if I'm super stressed out, I would rather have something just tell me where to go, like something like an Uncharted-type game or, or, you know, I just, I would rather have that linear path. I don't want to have to guess where to go or what to do next. And, you know, I know I know Twilight Princess, I used that example earlier, but, that's I guess that's kind of different because I've played that game so many times that mm-hmm. I just kind of know where to go. Uh, but if I'm going to play a single-player experience, I would rather just hop in and, and have it direct me where to go and have less, like, mindless fun. You know, I Un- Uncharted is the example I use because I played all three of those games within a couple weeks after being really stressed out at work. And, uh, you know, it... It was fun playing on easy, shooting people, and like walking to the next area. Or it, it, there wasn't a lot of guesswork in it, and and that's kind of kind of what I aim for. That's just mindless. I don't want to have to think about it because being stressed and having to think about more stuff after everything I've had to do during the day <laughs> <laughs> makes me more stressed out for some reason. It's just I don't know. I get stressed out kind of easily. I don't know if you know that or not, but. It's just kind of like one of those things where I just I just want to have that mindless fun and mindless interaction with something. And, you know, sometimes it's not even playing a game. Sometimes it's just watching, like, watching Twitch or watching people, Let's Plays on YouTube or something, people playing these games that I enjoy and, and you know, watching them do things. Then if I want to try that game, I can go uh, 
try that game and try it the way that they did and or find a, a way that suits me. But like, yeah, I just want that mindless interaction just to keep, just to go. You know? You know, I know for me, I, I don't think Grand Theft Auto is a good stress reliever. I think that's the thing to take your, I think people, it's better to release your anger and your frustration and, um, and Grand Theft Auto. Um, like, I think when you're dealing with stress, um, of course you want something that's going to be easy that you can relax to. Like, um, if it's not a video game for me, I always tell people, if you stress out, watch a massage video. Um, you know, they're kind of relaxing. You can hear the music or hear the sound effects. And I'm like, just something that's going to take it easier that you could look at and it'll make you kind of sleepy. Um, but it, you know, kind of relaxes your body to the point where you feel a little bit better that you, that you could breathe and stuff. Um, what did you think about, uh, the percentage of women taking prescription bills to cope? Because that, to me, that, that I, it's so weird that people would use pills to cope with stress. Um, because Welcome to the Xanax Nation, good God! Because you know I'm hurrying on talking about politics again. And I'm trying to steer clear of it, but you know I'm sorry. We've raised a generation, a culture, and a society that doesn't know how to cope with anything what do we do here have a pill feel better or yeah. or they'll smoke it or uh, like weed or something it's just like why can you not face why can you not face the situation are you afraid of the consequence that's going to happen or my god my safe space uh. <laughs> yeah I know safe space like Jeez. like I, I i feel like that's the pill thing because uh like do that transfer transform into a uh, addiction like every time we get stressed do you now need to always pop a pill for it like you do if you don't learn how to cope with life you got one or two options you can either learn to cope or you can uh Keep doing what you're doing. I'm gonna, I'm actually surprised it's only fifty two percent. But <laughs> it, it, but it's still high with the men, like twenty seven percent. Like they do the same thing out of the study. And it's just like so. You guys would rather do pills than you guys play video games. I mean, it's good that you guys are using video games to cope you know cope with your stress and yeah it's good that you're talking with friends but i'm just like that's a really high rate on both sides 52 percent of the I'm also just, oh go ahead i'm likely to go out to the bar get a pitcher of beer and shoot some pool too though so yeah you know it's not my only option um i know how to actually interact with people in society and so i do that sometimes and it makes me feel a little better and that's I think that's the one that was just like they prefer talking with friends. So being social is the kind of the best way to cope with your stress. And it's really just talking about what's been on your mind, what you've been dealing with. Well, yeah, I just I don't know. I'm actually 
like I said, I'm kind of surprised that it's that low because every I, I I work in a restaurant. Everyone I deal with is like when they're stressed out, they pop a pill, or when they go outside, they smoke a cigarette. Like that's how they deal with their stress. And like that 52% seems low, but then again, like I don't know. It's just strange that like it's just this this culture now that we have where a pill can fix anything you want it to depending on whether it really does fix anything or not and like if the problem comes back we just take another pill to relax or like another pill to fall asleep or another pill to relieve stress it's just it's kind of ridiculous i i mean i don't you... take any pills to relax or anything it's just like i i don't know it just never you, you make your body you make your body have a dependency on something so um instead of you uh you know work talking it out or finding something that's going to make you relax um you depend on that your body depends on that pill when you get all stressed out or even overworked so Ooh, sorry about that um i just find it fascinating just like why it like prescription pills uh, for the study that they prefer to release stress. I'm like, what pill does that? Xanax. That's your go-to. That magic blue bar. Uh, That. I mean, really, if I was going to take a pill to relieve stress, it would probably be Viagra because at that point I'm going to take it out on somebody and I know I can go the distance but you know I'll be on my way I can go the distance I can free okay let me stop I love uh, Pocahontas that's my movie Um, it's just it's very weird though uh because I, I looked, they didn't tell how many people actually took this test. Um, but it would be interesting to see. Find the, the size of that study if you dig for it, but well, I, I didn't just, dig that. I just thought it was interesting. Well, I do want to say okay, um, in the, in the uh, story, it says the research serves as a strong rebuke to those who claim that video games carry no social purpose, especially for men and a significant percentage of women, many of whom play online video games for both social interaction and relaxation. In addition to cooperative online games like Destiny and World of Warcraft, even competitive video games serve as venues for social engagement and establishing friendships, especially in the communities that revolve around them. It certainly goes against the common belief that video games are murder simulators for uh, maladjusted psychopathy. Which I... Which... Because anytime it comes to a study with video games, and me and Larry talked about this, Grand Theft Auto always come up, and they all... And the study's all about... Um, do violent video games make other people make you violent or aggressive or stuff like that? And not necessarily it does. Um, because I, I feel like personally, I'm just like, it's a video game. You might get into it because you're winning at the point, but um, 
since it, it just depends on the person, that actual person who plays it. It doesn't speak for every gamer that if you play a video game, you become aggressive. That doesn't happen. I don't come aggressive when I'm playing Yoshi's Woody World or Kirby's Epic Yarn. You know, I don't get aggressive by playing Tetris. Like, do I want to drive my car and hit somebody after I play Mario Kart? No, because I'm. My thing is, I'm having fun. Yeah, so, and that's like the that's like the big thing that I've had to like do lately in in my gaming life. Where like, you know, I used to be super into Halo. I was into Halo for a long time, and I was into Gears of War for a long time. And as I got older, I found myself having less fun with games like that, and more fun with games like, uh, I don't know, like. Like the Lego games, or like Nintendo games, or uh, you know, challenging games like like Bastion or N plus plus, or you know, getting away from that competitive shoes. And don't get me wrong, I still love Gears of War and, and Overwatch, and uh, God knows I played enough Destiny the last two years. But <laughs> you know, it I've found that games with a less competitive edge, I should say, have have provided me more fun in the last few years, and I found myself more in the I want to play this fun little experience, or I want to have this co-op experience with friends, other than like this competitive. Because like being competitive, there's so much stress that comes with being competitive, you know. And the older you get, like the I mean, the older like as I'm getting older, like, I have less time to be stressed. I don't want to be stressed because, you know, there's so many other things that I would like to enjoy in my life that I don't, I'm trying to make uh, my life as stress-free as possible. You know, work is stressful whether you enjoy your job or you hate your job. It's just, it comes with the environment. So, like, if I'm working 10, 11, 12 hours a day, at my job, I don't want to come home and be stressed. I want to come home and relax and, and, you know, have a good time with my wife or sit down and play a game that's not stressful, you know. And, and right. that's something that I've found myself maneuvering towards in the last year, I would say, you know, so. I, I completely I, understand that, you know. I, I do, you know, stuff like Mario Kart, the... The simple, ju- you know, jump in, play a couple rounds and jump out kind of thing. Like, that that's great. You know, and stuff like, you know, Gears and Halo and every other online multiplayer shooter has its place when you want that good adrenaline pump. But when you're trying to come down, you, you need something that's not going to get you further wired. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, I've, I purposely, like, schedule <laughs> that game time like in that space that gaming space hey prepare myself to be like okay so uh on wednesday nights is when uh i record a show with my friends and then we play either play overwatch or destiny or gears of war something competitive and i'm like okay this is the time where like i have to put myself in the right mindset to be like okay you're gonna be stressed out for a little bit you but you're just you're gonna be okay with it because you're telling yourself that this isn't like when you're coming home from work. You are planning this time to have your competitive stress, whatever. And, like, 
it's actually worked out really well for me planning that kind of game time around uh, that day, whereas every other day I can, co- I can come home, I can play something less stressful, and it's like, I don't know, it. I guess it would be good time management or whatever, but like, it's actually really helped my overall stress level, you know? And You've it, created that dedicated manly gaming time where I'm going to sit down and pound seven Mountain Dews and smash three bags of Doritos and kill everything that moves. Exactly. Wow. Exactly. It's like dedicated guy time, yes. I, I don't have none of that. Well, I don't <laughs> pretty much have a life at the right. I mean, because, like... dedicated manly gaming time is I'm going to drink three chocolate milks and have a Pop-Tart. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> no, every time, every like, every day we're talking about something in the, in a Facebook chat, and he's like, "I'll be right back. I gotta go get my Taco Bell five dollar box." And I'm like, "Gosh, I want Taco Bell so bad." Or milk, or milkshakes, or <laughs> stuff like that. And then sometimes don't even make it. Like, yeah, I was gonna go, but I rolled over to the left and fell asleep. Oh man. So jeez, five dollar box. Can I tell you how good of a deal that $5 box is oh, at Taco Bell? If you don't preach, go ahead and preach. I'm going to let you go oh. ahead and minister right now. Because... Oh, it's so good. Five bucks for all that. Oh, I wish I could have one right now. <laughs> and those sweet... brought to you by Taco Bell. And those sweet and spicy tacos are just... Oh. I had one. I had one. They're okay. One dollar tacos, yeah. Oh, so good. We'll have an arrow. They're okay. They, they, I, I don't know. I thought they was gonna have like some sauce in it, and uh, they're okay. They're not bad. You, you are ruining my taste buds. They are delicious. Look, all the best thing Taco Bell's added to the menu since the cheesy gordy to crunch. Okay, now that, now that right there, I agree. You speak. You minister right now. That I agree. But see, you went to, but see, you went to Canada with your wife and then talked about all that food. And I'm just over here just like, look at this dry burger from McDonald's. <laughs> and then you I know. Oh, that food was so good, too. And then, oh. I get, and then I get mad because Larry got King Gyros. He got the pancake place. He got all these spots. And I still need to go to the Italian restaurant that he's going to take me. And I'm just you like, take you to Polito's? Yes. Um, we gotta take you to Temper Grill, and we gotta take you over to uh, Honey Ori. Yes. <sighs> so Temper Grill, man, all about the lamb pops. Yeah. So you I mean, me really hungry right now. I mean, because the highlight over here in my dude, the highlight over here, in, <laughs> the highlight over here in my area is a KFC, Popeyes, uh, and a Arby's. I mean, we got McDonald's, Arby's, and Burger King. Huh. Well, actually, it's because we live closer to the neighbors. Food selection screams hood. Yes, yes, that's true. That is true. <laughs> that I would, that I would not deny. Uh, and then it just got some Chinese place and some old taco place. Yeah, I have to take a picture of it of all my food places. All our food restaurants or fast food places are all in one spot. Like any place to go actually sit down and order and wait for your food 
is like on a highway that's close to me. That's like the first place. Then everything else you got to drive 30 minutes to. You got to go to like a whole other city. Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because all the, all the big restaurants is like by Six Flags, Larry. You're in uh, Yeah. So. Now I'm just super hungry. So thanks. Thanks, guys. Oh, you're welcome. I had Chipotle for dinner. Oh I had a double steak burrito from Chipotle, and they didn't charge me for the extra steak. Okay, I'm just, I'm gonna give you I'm gonna I'm just gonna clap my hands right now because you've been blessed. Oh, man. God was just like, here we go, let's yeah. have some extra. Gosh, man, now I'm like super hungry and. Well, Corey, you don't get yelled at about Panda Express like I do. Like I don't have it that much, but I got yelled at by three other people about weekend Panda Express. Panda <laughs> Express is terrible. Oh man! So I mean, man, I I hope we're getting Chinese food this week. We talked about it last week, uh, me and my wife, and now it's like, man, now I want some sweet and sour chicken or like, oh yes, just something, man, something, some some fortune cookies. Fortune cookies are secretly the best dessert ever created. But they don't point that out. I, uh, but it's since like five of them, and they don't do like one yeah. like. Can you just throw some more extra in? Yeah, I want like I want like a whole barrel of fortune cookies. I just want to go into a Chinese restaurant and be like, I am by the bag at like Sam's Club. But they don't taste right. The Chinese people are kings of mass production. Where are my cookies, and why am I only getting one? I know there's like five million of them back there. Oh my goodness, something just crossed my mind. If Girl Scout cookies start doing fortune cookies, I think oh I would buy God, like four boxes. I'd be so poor. Mint chocolate uh, fortune cookies. Get on the Girl Scout. Don't you dare get my hopes up. Because now, oh man. Uh, I'm just saying. I'm literally just saying, saying. If I walk down the street and I see in the hood that some girls got some mint cookies, fortune cookies from Girl Scouts, I'm buying like five of those boxes. Uh, up those boxes, girls. Get it together. Here's your money. Go go get your badge and move on. <laughs> Dude, this is what we warned you about, Corey. There, there is no no form or function to this show. Just whatever the uh, there's, there's no form or function to anything that we uh, do either. Uh, Corey, uh, Adrian just sent a question to you. He put two question marks like, huh? I, I, I told you. I told Adrian that uh, you were calling him out. He finally responded back. He's like, what? <sighs> It's too focused on swatting bugs. Clearly. Yeah. <laughs> but we're going to move on. Oh, man, is when he releases that game, it'll never be perfect. It'll always be full of fucking bugs. Ta. And we're going to move on. Game, Adrian. <laughs> we're going to move on to the next section because I can't wish you at this moment. <laughs> <laughs> so, we're going to ask our guest, Corey, uh, here's the pitch. So, Corey, do you have a pitch for a video game or any kind of idea? Yeah, I do, actually. I have two, actually. All right, go ahead. And, and both of them involve Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yes. Um, I want extra mad he wasn't here. Ah, yeah. Well, you know what? That's his fault. That's his fault. That's his fault, guys. Um, so, there was a rumor a long time ago that Rocksteady was going to be working on a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game, and it never came through, but an open-world style, uh, you know, Arkham-style game 
where there's these, this huge sewer maze underneath the city uh, with the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and you could upgrade your turtles with, like, a light RPG element similar to something like Tomb Raider. Uh, I think that would be super cool, and, like, you would learn new moves as you moved through the game. Uh, you would unlock uh, new areas of the city as you as you learn these new moves or had new modes of transportation or you know you could drive the the van around upgrade that van uh i also i also thought that rock city would make an awesome green arrow game too but that's just essentially batman with bow and arrow so um we'll cut that out uh but also i was thinking of a a metroid style teenage mutant ninja turtles game where yeah, where, like, the sewer was, like, this big, giant, sprawling map, and it was just this underground sewer, and, like, they were discovering new parts of the sewer, and as you worked your way down, it would be crazier uh, turtle villains, like, oh. you know, Deep Mob and Rocksteady, and Bowser's, and Baxter Stockman, and... You are yeah. literally giving me, uh, from Ultra Games, a.k.a. Konami, the first Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game. Yeah, but this one would be good and not ridiculously hard. And you wouldn't have a time-swimming bomb level. Oh, that, nah. If you want to talk about having stress, <laughs> do not play that game oh. at all. The music is good. I love the overall uh, music. Fucking awful. Uh, no, you know where it's at is the, the two that came after it. And then the best Turtles game, Turtles in Time. I beg to differ with you on that. The Super Nintendo version, not the arcade version. And yes, they did make a Genesis game called Hyperstone Heist, which is equally as good. I'm going to beg to differ. Uh, uh, you know what? They might be the best Turtles games, but it's still not my favorite. My favorite Turtles game was Turtles 3 on the NES was uh, Manhattan Project. Yep, that I've, game was awesome too. I've never played that one. Oh my gosh, Ed. Project. I it, it was one of those things that uh, and people don't believe me. I'm just like sometimes there are games that get, do get released or that don't come up in my area. Like my Toys R Us or KB Toy Store, they didn't never they never carried it. So I never I believe that that game that game was awesome. I do like they like they took. Uh, basically, what they did with like the the Turtles Two was they ported the arcade game, and it was still just as hard as the arcade game, except you couldn't pump more quarters in to keep going. Where Turtles Three kind of made it a little bit more manual to make it through the whole game, mm -hmm. which is what I really liked about that game too. Well, I didn't know it was well, a lot more varied. It was a lot, you know, it, to me it was far more interesting. It's like, hey, we just hijacked the entire island of Manhattan. Yeah. Yeah, it was Great good. Floating oh. island in the sky. That that shit was Bioshock Infinite before Bioshock Infinite. Wow. And this is, I think, this is where arcade games when they got ported to uh, console games. I know Manhattan uh, Project was it was just actually designed for the NES, but like t uh, TMNT to arc the arcade game, they added more levels to it. Uh, even with Turtles 4, they added more levels to it because the arcade game level uh, was like, what, seven levels, I think? And then they added like three more for the home consoles? Yeah, uh, the arcade... Well, shoot. I don't know if they... Did they, they add levels to two? Yeah, they added levels. I know they, I know they changed stuff 
for Turtles in Time, but I don't. No, they added level. Yeah, yeah, they changed some stuff, but they added levels to both games because uh, you remember when? You remember when they turned? uh, There was a weather thing that turned uh, New York into snow, and you fought that snow stage because you had to fight the dog with the leather jacket. Yeah, he was, yeah, he wasn't in the arcade game. Yeah, I guess you're right. But so, still, oh, the music today—it was so good. I've I've been sitting on this joke since you mentioned it. You know the uh, the the one that the Turtles game that was uh, you know being worked on by Rocksteady Studios there that got canceled. Yeah, there's hope yet. I just heard that uh, Bebop Studios picked it up. Ah, good one. Uh, but like, I would really like, I would really like a good turtles game. I don't care if it's like a side-scrolling beat 'em up. Like Ed, we talked a lot about tournament fighters the other day. Yes, and uh, like, I would love someone to just get that license and say, "We're going to give you this whole suite of Ninja Turtles, where you're going to have that co-op campaign, and then we're going to tie, we're going to put a tournament fighters type mode in there with it." And just make it good. Like, I would argue that the the last good Turtles games were were the Super Nintendo Genesis ones, like yes. those side scrolling beat 'em up ones. And and like, I know they made the ones based off that second cartoon that were okay on GameCube and PS2. Like those games were okay at best. And then that that one based off the animated movie was not. Uh, I not heard a that was a game. Disaster. It was okay, but it was not a Turtles game. And, oh, the animated uh, movie was fucking awesome. Yeah, it was that the best Turtles thing ever created was that fight between Leo and Raph. I've never Patrick seen it. Oh. was phenomenal. I have to watch it. I've never oh. seen it. Oh my gosh! Like Holy the movie, the movie itself the is. Oh, that movie was okay, but like the best fight scene in Turtles history was that fight between Leo and Raph. Oh, so good, so good. At the sink it out. No, I was a big fan of that scene that was all set to uh, Black Betty. That was great. Yeah. Oh, wow. Oh, so good. Well, everybody, that is our show. But we have an announcement for our, for our winner for our prize. Um, you know, you have it. We had people. We all week have had a post up uh, asking you to share the post and like our Facebook page. And, uh, truth be told, cool. But, uh, Corey, give me a number one through five. Four. Uh, who's victim number four? Daughter, 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 daughter. One, two, three. Damn it. One, two, uh, three, four. Michael gets it, and I'll get a hold of him because he lives not far. Congratulations, so. Michael, on the win! Yay! Yay! So it was entirely random. Corey didn't even know this shit was happening. So ah. if anyone doesn't believe, blame him. Sorry, guys. Oh well, I do what I do. What? Um, <laughs> so uh, we're about to go. Um, Corey this is part that- of the show. Okay, so you can find me on Twitter at Corey Hudson in HD. 
and on Instagram at Corey and HD. You can find all of our shows on our YouTube page, youtube.com slash digital nerd advocates network and on DNA network.net. Uh, you can join our Facebook group, uh, the DNA network community page. Uh, you can follow the DNA network on Twitter at the DNA network. And uh, yeah, we've got some cool stuff coming soon. So stay, stay tuned, I guess. Is that how that works? That's how that works. Yeah. I don't know. I've been doing this for three years and I still don't know how it works. So, <laughs> Well, yeah. join the yeah. club. <laughs> Eddie, plug your shit. You guys can find me on Twitter at that virtual code. You can find my podcast, Optional Opinion, on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, or other podcast apps, but you can mostly find it at the anonymous radio network.podbean.com. Um, you can find World 1 1 podcast on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, and other podcast apps, and it will still soon be on iTunes. But if you want to check our homepage for World 1 1 uh, podcast, it's at Shout engine.com um, I do a blog series called Optional Opinion on, uh, on IGN you can, just, you can find that under anime E-N-I-M-E um, this week I just did uh, girls and their questionable worlds where I talked about uh, about girls in games so you can check that out you can also check out some of my writings at skirmishfrogs.com where I have a series called The Moment um, you can check out uh Connected, uh, podcast connected and Nintendo Pod Sessions on Team Nerd, T E A M N, and the number three RD, where I do with my good friend Kyle Waite. Um, also, I am part of the DNA Network, where you can check some of my blogs out, and I rock out recording doing Nintendo Power Block, um, which you can catch on Tuesdays and Fridays for those uh, episodes. We have great discussions, this positivity all about Nintendo. And other than that, you can check me on Twitch at the Lyrical One, um, where I do a Let's Learn series. I should be back to doing that. I got another game coming up that I want to uh, play um, and show you guys and talk about. Um, you can find me on uh, Xbox One at the Lyrical One. You can find me on PSN as Okamiko, O-K-A-M-I-C-A-L. And you can find me on uh, Wii U under Optional Opinion, all one word. Jesus, forgot you oh. so much. <laughs> oh, and also you guys can email the show at world11podcast at gmail.com. W-O-R-L-D-1-1 podcast at gmail.com. We want to know what you guys think about um, how you deal with stress and as video games, one of the ways that you cope with it. Uh, so we would like to hear from you guys about that. Uh, Larry? Uh, find me on Facebook. Um, I'm, I, I run our page and head up the forums page for our show. Uh, also on the Twitters at world one underscore one podcast. As Eddie mentioned, iTunes coming soon. I actually just emailed them bitching at them two days ago because it's been a week since we resubmitted our request for listing on iTunes. I still haven't gotten a fucking response back yet. So uh, I, I plan on continuing to rage until that gets resolved. Um, also, uh, just a heads up, uh, make sure you guys hit up the uh, the World 1-1 Podcast Facebook page, because this week, giveaway number two, we have one extra copy of She Remembered Caterpillars uh, that we're giving away. Yes. Uh, same rules apply. Uh, like our Facebook page, share the post, 
you're in. That's it. When we see you guys next week, we'll pick another winner. Also, bitch, bitch. <laughs> also, um, listen to the latest episode of Optional Opinion, where I actually have Corey talking about Destiny with me. So uh, do check that episode. I want to give that plug out there too. Um, it was a very great episode. So that was a good one. That was fun. That was yes. So most fun I've had with Destiny in a year. <laughs> So, and with that, everybody, we are out. Any last thing you want to say, Corey, before we, before we go? Uh, just thanks for having me. I, I, I loved it. It was fun. It was good times. Good times. <laughs> Larry, I want a big shout out to Corey for joining us tonight. Uh, more or less on the fly. Um, big shout out to anyone finally joining us from the DNA Podcast Network. Um, you know, we, we hope to see more of you guys around. Um, yeah, that's it. I'm done. I gotta, I gotta go take some meds because, frankly, my head's killing me. Okay. It's not your fault. It just hurts. Oh, so, God. Right. Whatever. Right. <laughs> and with that, everybody, we are out. Bye. Yeah.